This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair uses a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which mimics our natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. We've been loving Active Skin Repair for all the cuts and scrapes that show up in the active toddler life. Sage loves that there's both the spray version, but also a cream version. He likes to get to choose which one he's going to do. He calls it the magic cream. And it's been so great for taking care of Mila's neck rash now that she's full on teething. Can we get a minute for a teething three and a half month old? What in the world? Active Skin Repair has thousands of five-star reviews and the ingredients so safe and clean, they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest. Keeping it simple with one soothing solution for all your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code VILLAGE. That's www.activeskinrepair.com, code VILLAGE, for 20% off your order. You're listening to Voices of Your Village. This is episode 90. Whoa, guys, 90. It's a big number. Been hanging out for a while here. This episode is another one in our Q&A series, and I got to hang out with Julie to chat about life with a preschooler and a tiny human. She just has a newborn as well. You'll hear a little bit of that in this episode, as well as like co-parenting and other people's opinions and navigating life with a co-parent of a different gender who was raised in a society that treats genders differently. And we all are coming to the table with a different toolbox and figuring out what does that look like when you're then in charge of tiny humans' lives? We talk about transitioning, we talk about masculinity, and really dive into all the things. I loved hanging out with Julie, and I'm excited to share this episode with you. Before we dive in, y'all, tonight, Thursday night, is the last night to get tickets for Mama's Getaway Weekend. Tickets are on sale until midnight tonight, and then that cart closes, and we will not be back for Mama's Getaway on the East Coast until the earliest is 2021. If you want to come join us in Gloucester, Massachusetts next weekend, Friday and Saturday, or just Saturday if that works better for your family unit, head on over to mamasgetawayweekend.com to snag your tickets before midnight tonight on Thursday. If you're not listening to this episode on Thursday, I'm sorry you missed your chance. <laughs> All right, let's dive in. Welcome to Voices of Your Village, a place where parents, caregivers, teachers, and experts come to support one another on this wild ride of raising tiny humans. We combine decades of experience with the latest research to create the modern parenting village. Let's dive into honest conversation about real parenting challenges so it doesn't have to be this hard. I'm your host, sleep consultant, child development specialist, and passionate feminist, Alyssa Blass Campbell. Hey, 
everyone. Welcome to Voices of Your Village. Today I am here with another mama in our series. Uh, if you're new to the series, we put out a call for anyone who receives our Thursday emails to submit a form if they want to be on the podcast and hang out with me and ask their questions in real time. And today Julie is here with me. Hey Julie, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. And I love those tiny human sounds that we'll get to hear in the background. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Will you tell me a little bit about your family and that tiny human and the others? Sure. So I um, live outside of Manchester, New Hampshire, and um, with my husband. Uh, we've been married, I should know that better, six, or seven, six years. Um, and we have a four-year-old little boy named Brady. And um, then we had a little girl enter our family this summer. And Morgan is three months old on Sunday. Awesome. Well, I'm glad we get to hang out with her today, too. Yes. <laughs> She's delightful. Awesome. It's nice when the second one is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the four-year-old is more of the struggle. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's dive in. What's your first question for me today? Sure. So I think um, a lot of kind of what we've been trying to manage with it, especially with the two kids, is just um, kind of the, the transitions from like school like things being a little bit different and like how do we manage like okay today I'm picking up the next day dad's picking up and in general um daycare pickup has been kind of tough um and I don't know if that has to do with he like kind of just changes in the daycare provider says that like that he's like delightful little boy and loves all the kids and plays and then I get there and he's like aggressive and like mean and is like telling them to like go away and like don't look at my sister and kind of a control thing um and it's um I actually came to a head yesterday and I was like really upset about the way he was acting and because he made like the other kids a little upset uh, usually it's like equal, but, um, so I think just kind of like for us trying to be, you know, as consistent as possible and just any suggestions about like, how do we make that transition easier for him? Um, from, you know, and now he's going to preschool and that kind of stuff too. So he goes to daycare two days a week. Um, and three days a week, he's going to be, he just started preschool this week, um, which went really well. Um, but so he's in the morning at preschool in the afternoon with Grammy. Um, and, so there's a couple okay. of changes happening, but um, just kind of the transition and like why, like I just can't figure out like why he's being so aggressive and like sometimes he says things and I'm like, where did you even hear that? And like, why are you acting this way? So yeah, kind of a um, lot, well, I have a couple of follow-up questions before yeah. I fully respond. Yeah. The, what's the difference for you then with daycare and preschool? Like what does the daycare setup look like versus the preschool setup? Sure. Yeah. So the daycare is an at-home daycare. Um, so there's, um, it's awesome. Um, I think there's usually like about four other kids there with him, all about the same age. They're all around three or four, which is awesome. And they do a lot of the stuff together too. And she actually does school with them also. Um, and takes them to like music classes and movement classes and other like really awesome fun field trips and stuff like that. So that's two days a week. And then preschool is just a little bit more structured. And then also kind of we thought um, with Grammy having to watch two kids that having Brady like in school in the mornings would give Grammy a little bit of a break too. So Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. So do you use any visual aids? 
Yes. So we have done that. We had, I actually took a picture of him working on it the other day. So we do do that of like, okay, like, and he actually drew on it. So we had like post-it notes for each day and he like drew like, okay, this is what I think about school. And he drew like a, like a representation of his classroom. So cute. Um, and then same thing with Kara's. He's like, oh, I'm going to draw Kara's house with the steps and Kara's our daycare provider. She's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then did that like every other day. So he did, we did do that a little bit. Okay. So a couple other visual aids that I would bring into play here. Those are awesome, like expressive ones for him to work on like processing yeah. what, what, what he's feeling, what he's experiencing, what he's expecting. And then a couple other ones that can be helpful. One that is calendar style where he can see who's going to pick him up on a given day or do drop off or whatever it is that's going to change. So yeah. if some days it's going to be you, some days it's going to be your partner, that he, it could even just be like a little picture of your face that he could see, okay, on this day today, dad's picking me up. And I yeah. see that mom's face is there for tomorrow. So I know she's picking me up tomorrow yeah. just for him to learn the expectation. Yeah. So that, so that he doesn't have to keep track of it in his head. Right. And then the other visual aid that I would pull in here is a transition schedule. And these can be like fancy or not. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not a fancy human in general. And so mine have always been uh, like pictures that we've drawn and put on like a piece of cardboard from an Amazon box with like Velcro, yeah. or um, I've taken a whiteboard and just drawn like little check boxes and written like, get dressed next check. Yeah. We tried be. one of those over this. We got one kind of like that um, okay. or just because same thing, like he was just really you know, testing our, our boundaries, um, and with like the bedtime routine and the nighttime routine. Mm -hmm. Um, but then we didn't really implement it very well. So yeah, that, but that's awesome. First step getting it's the first step yeah. and then we can In take the it house. from there and implement it. <laughs> right yeah. now we can implement it, but it can be so helpful. We as adults use visual aids all the time. Yeah. We use post-it notes for ourselves and to-do lists and calendars and like Gosh, I couldn't survive without my yes. calendar, to be honest. Right, like, seriously. Oh, today is. Um, I have a big wall calendar. I have a Google uh, calendar. I have a written calendar. Yep. <laughs> They're all over. Um, and so we have these things for ourselves all the time. And for kids, we just expect them to remember all the things. Right. And it can just be overwhelming. So right. anytime we can bring in a visual aid like this, yeah. um, it can be really helpful. And then what I often hear from families then is like, oh, but I want them to have flexibility. Like what if something changes? And the cool thing about these schedules is that you can say like, oh man, we had so much fun at the playground. We stayed longer and now we have to look at our schedule because I think we have to make some changes Yeah. and then we can make those changes together. Um, yeah. I was recently working with a family where I was living with them for the week. And we implemented one of these schedules and I just used, a, some days I used a piece of paper, like some days I used a whiteboard, whatever was easiest for us to have access to like on the go as well for um, this kiddo to be able to check off what, what was, to see what was coming and to check off what had happened. Yeah. And it was awesome because I could say like, oh man, if you want to keep playing right now with daddy, let's look at what's coming next. We might have to move some things. Yeah. You can keep playing, but I don't think we'll have time for all these things. Yeah. So let's look. And it gave us the ability for him to know like, okay, yeah, I do want to keep playing longer right now with daddy. I'm going to move this or we won't have time for this and that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, 
it just gives them that like heads up of what's coming, all that jazz. And you could then use something like this, even at pickup where you could come in and say like, Hey buddy, it's time to leave school in one minute. I'm going to get your things. Let's look at our checklist that you could have, you could walk in with like a piece of paper that is a checklist or yeah. whatever for him to know, like, all right, you're going to do this while I get your lunch and then we're going to head out to the car and we're going to go home and X, Y, Z. Yes. Those transitions can be really helpful when kiddos uh, have that visual aid support. Yeah. And the last piece of this is the like control part of his little sister. Yeah. Which is awesome. Like, well, that's the thing. It's like, oh, I want you to be a big brother, but like, can you be less aggressive about it? You know, <laughs> like, can you not be screaming at your friends? You know, and like, he like doesn't want people. We were at, um, we were out to breakfast the other morning, and people were coming by and being like, you know, she's so cute, and like all those wonderful things. And he was like, angry that they wanted to say hi to her, and we were like, no, that's a kind thing. That's what you know, trying to like reassure that like. Totally. Like they, they love us. Like they love you. They love Morgan. Like they love you, you know, like with our, yeah. totally. So that's the thing is like, there are two components here. One yeah. it's control over. This is my sister. And the other is she's getting attention. And so the, she's getting attention part. We uh, yeah. will like, we can also say, Oh yeah, they're noticing your sister. She's new in our family and they're seeing her. Yeah. And just validating that for him, not necessarily fixing it, not like, we love you too. Right, right. <laughs> you too. Because those compliments like don't sit, right? When, when right. we're, it's like when we ask for a compliment <laughs> right. to us. Um, but we can do those in other times, like, oh, I just love you so much. And just giving him those little bits of filling his bucket throughout the day separately from those occasions. But yeah. you can just validate, like, yeah, they're noticing her. I think they're really curious about her. And then I would do a lot of this work in the calm times, mm -hmm. but like talking to him about things like, oh man, I know sometimes when I come and pick you up at school, your friends are really excited to see Morgan. Yeah. I noticed that you were yelling at them the other day. Is it really hard when they're paying attention to her? Or are you worried that somebody is going to touch her body and hurt her? Yeah. Right? Like just giving him those prompts and seeing where it goes. And you can then say like, I love that you love her and that you want to keep her safe. I think that's so kind of you. And I will, I will definitely help you keep her safe. It's okay if people look at her. Yeah. We can teach them how to touch her toes nicely or whatever. Yeah. Um, giving him that job of like, you can show them how to do this nice. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I tried like some of that. I tried to kind of talk to him after I calmed myself down yesterday, you know, talk to him about that. And it was actually really funny because at one point um, when we got home, I was still pretty upset. And um, he, I kept taking deep breaths and he was like, mama, why are you taking so many deep breaths? And I was like, well, buddy, you know, mama's kind of sad right now. Or I think that's what I said. Cause I was yeah. sad about it. Good. And, um, and he was just kind of like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, and so I think that that was good too, of like, he was noticing that. And so I was like, glad about that. I was like, okay, well that's progress too, to know, like, okay, he's recognizing things. Yeah. Well, he's, he's about it. watching you tap into yeah. a coping strategy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, hopefully this is helpful. It's so helpful. Modeling is huge, man. Like 
we can tell them all day long, take deep breaths when you're upset. But if we're upset and we just scream and yell and we don't take right. the deep breaths, they're not going to take the right. deep breaths. <laughs> and part of me too was thinking like, just hold it together, you mm-hmm. know? Cause I was like, but then I was like, well, and cause I, when we got home, I'm like, I just need a few minutes. Cause like mommy and he's like, Oh, why? Like you wanted to play and whatever. And I was like, I just need a few minutes and you know, I'm feeling, you know, sad or upset. And, and then I sat down and then he was like, Oh, I was like, okay, like this is like a learning opportunity, even though like I'm doing it for myself, but yeah, I felt good too of like knowing both things that were happening. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Cheers to you for that. Yeah. And you can let him know, like, I'm feeling sad and taking deep breaths helps me feel calm. Yeah. Right. Like adding that step so that then when we ask them, how can I help you feel calm? Like yeah. calm and deep breaths are associated. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. And kids, I talk a lot about like, I don't want them responsible for our feelings. And I think sometimes this can get misconstrued a little bit. They're going to know that we have feelings. What I don't want to say is like, I'm sad because you were being rude. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Like I I want, (laughs) and you want to say that. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Totally. But really what you're sad about is that you feel like he is being rude to other kids and that's a reflection of your parenting exactly. or whatever, right? Like yeah, that's it's, exactly. it's so much deeper and yeah. it's not really that you're sad that he did something. You're worried right. about how this happened and right. what we do to make it different. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I, I think like that, it's totally fine for him to know that you're sad and you're taking deep breaths. And if he right. says, why are you sad? Yeah. You can say sometimes it's really frustrating or sad when you are having a hard feeling and you're yelling at other kids and I don't know how to help you. Oh, that's a great, that's great words. Thank you. You are welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. All right. Next that's question, funny. sister. I feel like that like kind of dives into sort of like the next one about like the co-parenting. So then like having this conversation later with my husband and, and often actually this is the thing about like, as I guess this is kind of a two part question of like, I've had a more flexible schedule this summer being on maternity leave. Um, so I've been able to like take in like, you know, joining this village and learning more and all that kind of stuff. And like, and trying to pass that information along without feeling condescending or like, this is how we're going to parent, or this is the way we're going to raise our kids. Um, and like validating like his, you know, he's been pretty receptive to the things that I've said. Um, but then at the same time, there are some times where he said, you know, I'll try to explain like, okay, he's feeling this way. And like, this is the way I think we should, you know, like, this is how we should, maybe should approach it. Um, and sometimes he'll come back and be like, oh, so it's our fault or it's my fault. And I'm like, well, n- I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to explain to you like why he might be acting this way. And this is like the emotion behind it, or this is a feeling behind it. And I was like, well, in some ways, yeah, we're responsible for raising these kids. And so in some ways, yes, we are. It is our responsibility when he acts crazy. Um, but at the same time, like not wanting him to feel like I'm like attacking his parenting or cause like, or mine, I mean, I do it too. It's not like he's the only one that like, you know, might have these hard moments. Um, so yeah, I think, so that's actually kind of like three parts, I guess, is like, how do I, to him or to others, um, present how, you know, what I've learned in some ways that like, this has been helpful to me. And this is a way like, it's kind of changed my perspective on how I'm interacting with him. Um, and then also like when it is happening, like even in the moment, how 
do you, without undermining what he's doing. Um, this happened the other day too of like, I didn't, I wanted to intervene because I felt like one, I wanted to support him because I felt like he was getting to the end of his rope, the, my husband, and also felt like this is going off the rails and I don't think it's going to be helpful to anybody if we like do it this way. Um, so how to kind of like intervene in those moments as well. Yeah, those are awesome. So first of all, we also as adults have feelings too, right? So one thing to be mindful of when we are presenting this information, like you've been consuming it and building your toolbox and then you're going to be bringing it to your partner who isn't necessarily consuming it. Um, and what it, it can feel like an attack sometimes it can feel like, Oh man, your partner can be sitting there saying like, I'm not doing a good enough job as a parent. And that's how it can just internally feel. And so I think any time that we're addressing any sort of conflict or going to go into this where we know we might be navigating some hard feelings with our partner, that we can be in a place where we're ready to empathize and validate that too. Right. We can say like, dude, I have been screwing this up a lot. And <laughs> yeah. this is like what I've kind of learned and what's been helpful for me what are your thoughts? What have you noticed? What's working for you? And it, it, rather than from a place of like, here's how we're going to do this. Yeah. Right. Like right, but instead, right. like, here's what I've learned. Here's what's been helpful for me. And where are you at the, in this? Like what's helpful for you and what have you seen success with or what are your fears around it? Because he probably has some fears. Absolutely. So often what I hear Actually, so I, I did a group and it was couples and it was all hetero couples that showed up. So moms and dads sitting around and I did an activity where I had everyone, I was like, just no talking, pull out your phone and whatever social media you consume, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, just scroll for a minute, no talking, yeah. just scroll. And then I asked them, all right, dad, what did you see in your feed? It was like memes and there was some food stuff and it was like funny people and some famous people. And then this dad was a musician. So there, were like, there was some music stuff. And then I was like, mom, what did you see? And it was like child rearing stuff. It was about birth and postpartum. It was, it was motherhood right. in hers and his was just a dude checking yeah. out things that interest Hobbies. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so even looking down to like, what are we consuming? every single day and what are we reinforcing right every single day like there are a lot of gender differences and sure this is not black and white and it's not all the time but we do put a lot more pressure on moms to know this stuff and to figure it out and to consume it than we yeah. do on dads and so part of this is kind of taking that ownership of like, hey, I know I've been checking out this podcast. I would love for you to tune into this episode too if you're interested in like getting on board with me here. I found this really helpful. So we can share it that way. Also, this is actually one of my favorite. Oh my goodness. She just came into the view here. Everybody who's tuning in from wherever. She is delicious. Hi. Oh my word. This is the second baby I've been on Zoom with today. <laughs> I'm here for it. 
Um, okay. So A, we can share the podcast episodes. You can say like, Hey, I found this really helpful and I'd love your thoughts on it. Um, and this is one of my favorite things about the tiny humans, big emotions membership is that it's a household membership. So I was getting a lot of this where like moms predominantly show up to my things, like my presentations, my workshops. Yeah. And then they, I would get this exact question. Now, how do I like teach this to my partner? Right. And so we created the tiny humans, big emotions online membership so that it can be like Netflix where it's like a shared account and anyone in your village, like your partner, if there are grandparents in the village can also tune in and be on the same page. So that's one thing. And, but lastly, what I really hear a lot specifically from dudes. And I think it's largely because of how a lot of men today were raised. They weren't raised in this way. We're right. still working really hard on letting boys feel hard things and express mm -hmm. them. Right now we let guys predominantly express anger, but not sadness, not vulnerability, mm -hmm. not disappointment in themselves, not any of those like other hard feelings, right? Yeah. They're very select ones that we often let guys express. Um, and I mean, even the terms like man up, right? right like, right. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Being back to work after maternity leave has been so good and frankly, so hard. I love what I do and I missed collaborating with my team while I was out and it's been a tough transition. The combination of a packed schedule and still being the milk machine for Mila Bean, it's hard to juggle everything. I feel so grateful for my weekly therapy hour. Sometimes I'm just holding so much and I need a safe space to let it out and get it off my chest. I've noticed that when I don't release it, it comes out anyway, but usually in ways that aren't aligned with how I want to show up in the world. BetterHelp is such a convenient, flexible option for parents who just can't take the travel time to get to an in-person therapy visit. It's entirely online. You can show up in your jammies, always a win in my book, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you're on your way to feeling heard. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash voices today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash voices. Hormone Harmony is an all-in-one hormonal balancing solution for women of all ages. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormone changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. Hormone Harmony is perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put your life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, poor sleep and feeling tired all the time, occasional bloating and gas. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all these things. And the biggest benefit? Feeling like yourself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews for Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code VILLAGE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code VILLAGE for 15% off today. 
No. Nope. Yeah, interesting fact. My husband, I've seen my husband cry once in like 16 years. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, because a poor dude wasn't told he was allowed to probably for most <laughs> yeah. of his life, he, regardless of who his parents were, like society, society has. Society, yeah. Yeah. So I want to extend a lot of grace to the dudes in this because yeah. we as women often have been allowed to feel so many more things. And so for us to go from here to the next step is a different journey than for dudes who have to build their own skill set because they weren't allowed to for so long. And in their, we call it reparenting, but like rewriting these narratives mm-hmm. um, for themselves, I get a lot of the like, well, they're not going to be tough enough or what are they going to do when somebody says this to them down the road and you're not there to coddle them or what? Like I get a lot right. of that pushback. And um, really what it's coming from is like, hey, nobody parented me like this and I don't know what this looks like. And it doesn't feel comfortable to me because I don't know what this looks like for myself, let alone for my tiny human. And I'm scared that this kid is going to grow up and not have the tools that he needs to man up. I put that in quotation marks. And I think that it really is often coming from both a place of fear and disappointment. Disappointment that I didn't get this and fear of like, what does this look like down the road? Because it feels foreign to me. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And Uh, I definitely think I've seen like some of that pop through for him of like, um, that fear of like, and I actually wrote it down here in my notes when I was thinking about chatting with you was like, often I feel, hear him saying like, is this normal? Like, like, like he's worried that like we should be doing something more or like all the, you know, and he really wants to, like, he's awesome and he's a great dad and he wants to do the right thing by him. And he, you know, but I think that that sometimes is like, what is he like, what is he doing? Like, this seems so off the rails. He seems so like he'll be wonderful one minute off the rails the next minute. And he's like, is this normal? And, you know, you can tell that he's worried, like he's fearful of like what, you know, like, you know, that he's not doing something right or that he needs to do more of an intervention for him or something like that. Totally. Yeah. Well, and it, I think every parent is, wants to do the best job that Absolutely. they can, right? And dad's included here. They're not right. like, no, nah, I'd really like to screw this up. Like everybody's <laughs> trying to do right. the best job that they can. And everyone's just working with a different toolbox. And yeah. really not not even just parenting toolbox, but our own emotion processing toolbox. And the ability to say or to recognize, man, I'm feeling nervous about where this might go. Yeah. Uh, or what this means overall. Yeah. And it really starts with our own self-awareness. So I think, and, and as I said earlier, like I think for guys, we just haven't nurtured that. And so they're starting often in a different place than a lot of women are. Right. And they're not consuming all of this in their media right. all day long, right? Like yeah. it's, it, it, there's a lot of differences there, but so when we're going in, I want to definitely have grace for that yeah. and be in a place where we can empathize with it, not from a like, well, mine's right, not yours, but instead like, dude, I also don't totally know what I'm doing. And this is what I found really helpful. And this is what clicked with, for me with this. Like when I listened to this episode, like this thing made a lot of sense and it's really been helpful with him or whatever it is that you share. And then say like, I want to hear your thoughts. Like, 
Uh, but coming from this place of like, yeah, I I don't have all the answers, right? (laughs) Right? Like anytime we're walking in, like, and here's how it goes. Yeah. It's just not going to be productive. No. And a lot of pressure on you then to like have made the right choice too of like, yeah, yeah I'm making the decisions here. And if so, this goes not well, it's on me. Totally. But I'm and the I, one that screwed up the kid. Yes. <laughs> and then it's like also the same when we are, say it's like a grandparent or someone else in the village. Uh, I think a huge part of this, again, everybody's coming in because they want to do the best thing they can for this kid. And so when you get that unsolicited advice or that comment that just doesn't sit well, I think if we can take a deep breath or take some space or whatever it is that brings your calm and be able to say like, Hey, I know that like you love him so much and you want to be helpful here. This is what we're working on right now. I'd love your support for it. And like, then it's not like, oh no, we're doing it this way because your way sucks. It's like, hey, this is what we're working on, right? Like, I think we've got to stop. And and I think societally we do this all the time. Like still, I still see like memes. They're like, you should X, Y, and Z. Respond to every baby's baby's every cry or whatever. You should sleep with your kid in your room until this day. You should feed your kid this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, stop with the shoulds, right? Like, Right. Unless you, there, there's a reason there isn't like one parenting book that everyone's like, oh, <laughs> right. this has worked for all kids. Right. right. Like everybody's kid and family unit and situation and setup is going to be different. And so it's all figuring out like, what does this look like in our house? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Alyssa. So what's the deal with this mama's getaway weekend that I've been hearing so much about? Well, Maddie, it is one of my favorite weekends in the whole year, and I get to hang out with mamas from all over. We have people flying in for this bad boy. They're coming to Gloucester, Massachusetts, October 18th and 19th, although you can just do the 19th if that's better for you, and we get to hang out and dive deep into all this jazz. All right. Well, I did just check my calendar and I am free that weekend. Be straight with me here. What's going on? I want to get away, but if I really want to be a better mama, shouldn't I be spending my weekends with my kiddos? That's a solid question. I think that often we can get so into the routine and it can be so hard to step outside of the day-to-day that we can't look at the bigger picture. One of the best things that someone ever told me about running a business was how important it is to step outside of working in your business all the time to work on your business. And that's kind of how I see this too. When I ran a classroom, I would go to conferences and workshops so that I could look at the bigger picture about how I could better show up as a teacher in the classroom. And I wanna give that same opportunity to parents for mamas to be able to step outside the day-to-day and really take a bigger look and say, what can I do from a systems perspective in my everyday life on the whole to better show up as a mama, as a partner, and as a person? Okay, my only problem now is that I am always listening to your podcast. I'm scrolling through your Insta nonstop. I'm getting all of this content that I don't have to open up my wallet for. So really, what's going on? You want me to hand over cash for this stuff that I'm already learning from you? What else are you gonna teach me? Yeah, great question, Madison. 
There are opportunities to get content from us for free and there always will be. I grew up in a small farm town in the middle of Western New York with access to very little resources with parents who couldn't afford bonus resources. And so we will always provide free support for folks like that so that I, as a little kid, could have had access to this. So my parents could have had access to this. That, that's going to be a non-negotiable for us all the time. This is an opportunity to dive deeper. So often what you hear from us are maybe 45 minute episodes on one topic or another. We're going to take what this really looks like in real life and dive even deeper. Instead of skimming the surface on a bunch of little things, we're going to take a deep dive so that we can set up so that on Friday night, we're really looking at like, how did you get here? What were you raised with? What are you coming to adulthood with? What are you, what's your partner or your co-parent coming to adulthood with? What is the past that brought us to this place? And then on Saturday, we're diving into, all right, now how's that showing up in your everyday life now? What's this looking like with your tiny humans in your partnership, in your life? What's your day to day and how do we then workshop number two on Saturday, how do we structure a system that better supports your everyday life? A system where you aren't waking up feeling overwhelmed day to day. A system where you're saying, okay, I re- not only do I know the tools because I've heard them all on the podcast, all that jazz, but I have a system now where I feel like I am ready to implement those tools. I think a lot of times we are consuming these materials and this information and we don't necessarily know how to put it into practice. We are going to get down and dirty on what that looks like from an implementation standpoint. And we also, one of my favorite things about this Mama's Getaway that tell is me, new. Tell me, tell me. Oh, I'm so jazzed. We have a lunchtime panel. We have a developmental psychologist. We have an occupational therapist, not just any, but my favorite. You may have heard her on the podcast twice because I love her so much. And we have a wellness-driven mama who supports folks in postpartum. She works with folks who are struggling with postpartum depression and anxiety. And from the physical aspect, she's also a trainer. So we are trying to cover all of our bases here. And of course, you gal on this lunchtime panel where everybody gets to ask their in-depth question of different experts in the field of early childhood. Not to be dramatic, but this sounds like a dream come true. How do I sign up? I'm going to seed and sow, walk me through it. I am ready. My checkbook is open. For sure. You don't even have to go to seed and sow. You can just go to mamasgetaway.com and snag your tickets there. You also have the option, if you just are coming for Saturday, to add on a bonus Saturday night. We're doing a cocktail hour where you get to connect with all these other moms who are gonna be there throughout the weekend. And you know what's cool? Our last mama's getaway, those mamas still chat, still hang out, still connect with each other. They're still in each other's village. And something outrageous that happened that I didn't even anticipate. Oh my God, what? Some of the dads got together after the last one. They're even connecting over this stuff now too. And guys, I can't wait to support you with the tools to truly change your life because I've seen it change others' lives. It's changed my life. And when it changes yours, it gets to change your kiddos too. Babe, I'm sold because the only thing I care about more than my kids is making lifetime improvements of myself while also making friends with other moms. 
I loved the outcomes of the last one and I can't wait to hug you in real life at this Mama's Getaway Weekend. October 18th and 19th, Gloucester, Massachusetts. Carpool, find your best friend or meet your new mama best friend. Snag your tickets at mamasgetaway.com. So about like how, like, so if things are unraveling kind of like in the moment, as I was Mm. saying with like that, I forgot even where we started with this. Um, The, um, you know, like with the other morning and like things were off the rails of like, you know, I never want to undermine him. I want to support him. But then at the same time, sometimes it's like I swoop in and then totally works in the moment. And like, he wasn't mad and we got the kid in the car you know mm-hmm. it was like we got done what needed to happen uh, to get out the door but then at the same time it, you know I didn't want to you know I don't know if that's I don't want to mess up like their relationship mm-hmm. um, and what they're building um, and then also at the same time obviously supporting and just, yeah you know because some days you just get out the door Totally. (laughs) I would check in with your partner afterward. Like when there isn't a kid there and you can just say like, Hey, I know I swooped in there. I trust you as a parent. Uh, I was trying to be helpful in the moment. Like, how was that for you? Yeah. Right. Like, cause sometimes I I've been with kids and I'm like, could somebody lend me a hand here? Like sometimes it's helpful when somebody comes in and helps. Um, and sometimes it feels like I've got it under control and you just totally switched what I was doing or whatever. So I would check in with your partner afterwards and say like, how was that for you? And then you can have the bigger conversation of like, here's what I did and why. Like I did this because I read this thing and this has been helpful for us in the past week or whatever. I've been working on this, whatever it is, um, where you can share with him then the thing that he could potentially implement next time. Right. And you can have a conversation about it. Right. Absolutely. That makes sense. A good idea. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> baby. I love those sounds. A happy girl. And I guess with that too, like I know, like some a lot of the stuff that you know I've listened to um, in the village, and um, is like just like when you have to get out the door, and they're just like losing their minds, mm-hmm. and because um, that was kind of what was happening this, you know, the other morning, but like not wanting to like standing your ground and being consistent versus like, we just got to get out. So he was like losing his mind. And then he said it was about his cars. He wanted to take five cars with him to daycare and daddy was only, and then he was mad and daddy was mean and I should, you know, cause he wouldn't let him give him these things. And um, so that was part of it too, of like, I didn't want to like then go get his cars if daddy had said no, like that whole thing. But then it was like one of those of like, okay, well, if it's going to get him in the seat and that's what, what the, the, point is right now then you know then okay like when is that okay you know when is it okay to be like okay yep I'm gonna give you're acting like a crazy person and this isn't how we behave but you know but um, I need you to stop I need you yeah and yeah we need to get out the door and we need to get to daycare and dad needs to get to work so I'm gonna give you your cars even though I feel like I'm rewarding this behavior Mm -hmm. yeah so first you can if you have the mental capacity in the moment and like (laughs) in like a dream world we would turn to dad and say like hey dad can you fill me in like what's the deal with the cars what was the reason he can't bring them so that you can get up to speed with dad um and if dad's like yeah no I just don't think he needs cars in the car or whatever then 
this could be like a separate you and dad conversation, but um, one thing that I think is huge, I, you know, I'm all about boundaries and consistency. Right. And sometimes we say things as adults and then later we're like, I don't know why I set that rule. (laughs) It doesn't actually matter. And in those moments, I think it's okay to say like, you know what, buddy, I answered you too fast. And it actually, if you want to grab a couple cars, that's no big deal this time. Um, Just to like, let them know, like sometimes that happens. Sometimes they answered you too fast and you can have some cars. That would be a conversation you would have with your partner outside of this that like, hey, sometimes we're going to do this and like, we're going to have to backtrack, but I never want to overstep for you. So, you know, then in the moment you could ask him like, what's the rule here? And like, why? And if dad's like, okay, yeah, it doesn't actually matter. Then dad could say, you know what, bud? Um, I answered you really fast and it, if you want to bring cars, that sounds great. Go ahead and pick them out and let's go to the car. Or if it's like, no, this is something I still believe is a rule and we set it and we're going to stick to it. Then it's, buddy, I know you really want your cars. It's time to go. Would you like to walk to the car? Should we carry you? Yeah. And this is the like boundary holding and we're not going to solve the problem right now. Like uh, our expectation has to be, you're going to have a kicking, screaming child that you're carrying into the car because they didn't get what they wanted and that's okay. Yeah. And you're not going to process the emotion right now. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to kick and scream in the car for a little while and he might even kick and scream his way into daycare and yeah. you might not solve this together. He might end up processing it when you're not even there. Yeah. Um, so like letting that also be okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. 
My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Um, a friend of ours recently, mom was going to be out of town for work and dad had a work thing. And so we took their daughter, she's three, like Thursday overnight to Friday. And so I was picking her up Thursday morning and she's three years old and she I didn't want to say goodbye to dad. And just, there was a lot of scream crying. It took both of us holding her body down to buckle her into the car seat. Um, but we could have like stopped and done all sorts of things. In the end, whenever we put her in the car seat, she was going to be mad because she was sad. She was sad to say goodbye. She didn't right. want this. And he, dad wasn't going to be there to process the emotion with her. As long as he was there, she wasn't going to process this. Yeah. Uh, so then it was like tagging out, right? And sometimes that's what you're doing with daycare drop-offs. Yeah. I taught childcare for a while and there are so many times where like, I took the screaming child and then processed with them while parents went to work. Yeah. So part of that is like trusting your in-person village to know like, hey guys, sorry, here you go. Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> what happened. It was like they got in the car and I texted our daycare provider. I was like, just so you know, we had a wild morning. I don't yep. know how Brady's showing up to you. They could be rough. So yeah. like, okay. <laughs> and you know, he ended up he had a delightful day. It was fine. And just checked in with my partner. Um, yeah. a little bit later, like how drop off. Oh, he's like, he was fine. Okay. Great. So like, but sometimes you're going to hand him off kicking and screaming yeah. and that's okay too. We yeah. don't, when we have a timeline, the kids might not process on our timeline and that's all right. Yeah. What about then like following up? So like, is it, you know, how, you know, what is helpful? When is it helpful? I think what I always think of like, am I bringing stuff up that isn't helpful? Or versus like processing that is helpful later, like going to bed, like, should I have brought it up? Like when I picked him up, mm -hmm. you know, had said, mm -hmm. you know, this morning was really tough or like, just let it go. Yeah. So it depends if it's a reoccurring theme where you're like, oh, every time we try to get out the door in the morning, there's a thing. Then I'm going to bring it up in the afternoon and say, hey, buddy, I noticed it was really hard when we were leaving today and you wanted your cars and daddy said, no how could we do this differently tomorrow? What could we do tomorrow that could make it a little bit easier to leave the house? And then you're brainstorming and problem solving and talking about it. Um, but if it's like a one-off, this just happened this morning and it's not the norm, uh, I would not bring it up and assume like he probably processed at school today and it's so over for him, right. uh, even though for us, it's probably not the last big emotion he had that day, right? Like there were probably yeah. more. <laughs> and um, so for him, that instance is done and over with. Yeah. Uh, and unless we're trying to like brainstorm for tomorrow, mm -hmm. I would just let, let it go, go at that point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's always the thing of like, do we just let this go or should we revisit? Yeah. The reoccurring ones we're going to revisit because then it's like, all right, what's the greater theme here? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's one thing that he does and like, I can see there's like, when we were talking about big emotions, um, I often think about like the screaming, the yelling, and then like the crying and that thing. My son sometimes will laugh. Mm -hmm. And that like both for my husband and I is very triggering. It's like maniacal and like, he's, mm -hmm. oh my goodness. It's just really a hard one. Um, and then like the same thing of like, 
is that an emotion? So we shouldn't say like, don't laugh. But then at the same time, it's not like socially appropriate to be laughing when like you've just hit your mom or whatever it is. So like, I just like the laughter thing. Like we were talking about it last night about like things that, you know, we would want to like bring up. And I was like, he's like good laughing. Like what is up with that? Um, oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. And like, how do we, you know, do we manage it the same as we do if he's crying or screaming or that kind of thing? Yeah, you do. So what it looks, the reason it hurts us is because it looks like they don't feel sympathy for what just happened right it's like oh something just happened where you were rude and you don't even care is how it looks yes yeah um but often when they're laughing they're laughing because they feel embarrassed or they feel ashamed because they know that they weren't supposed to do what they did we see it a lot with physical stuff so i had a kiddo in my classroom who would go and like push kids down and then laugh yeah or do it with a smile on his face Mm -hmm. and ooh, it makes my blood boil yeah Yeah, oh you're like intentionally hurting someone is what it looks like and really it's the it's it's the same as if they were crying Uh, it's just an expression for them because they don't know what else to do with Mm -hmm. the feeling that they're having and often yeah I think with the with the laughing in particular it's it's shame and guilt and they did something that they really know they're not supposed to and they don't know what to do with that feeling come out in that laughter, the smiling and it's triggering. I would say for probably a hundred percent of adults, (laughs) Um, (laughs) I've never met anyone who was like, yeah, it doesn't bother me at all. Um, And it's common. It's, it's really common for kiddos. So um, yeah, you're still going to emotion coach in the same way as if they aren't laughing at you, which is real hard. <laughs> we have to regulate our emotions and you're going to validate the like, oh, whatever it is that they were feeling, whatever the hard feeling beneath this behavior is. And then you're going to emotion coach them and end up giving them other ways to express that in the end. Like when we are in problem solving mode, which is obviously when we're calm, then we're going to talk about like next time, if you feel like you need my attention or you're frustrated because I'm paying attention to your sister or whatever it is, like you could say, mama play with me, please. Or whatever phrase would be appropriate in that time with him um or even something that he could do that isn't verbal if he's feeling feeling it's too hard for him to like put together a full sentence i i don't know i'm not great at the sign language i know like some baby sign but we would make up our own signs for kids of like what they could do to communicate to us if they needed us to come play or what they how they could let us know without hitting my body or climbing up my body which drives me bonkers <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on your back you know. yeah and in a classroom of nine toddlers it was like there's always someone climbing up my body <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah so we had to give them other ways to communicate that yeah but we're not doing any of that work right at first we're just emotion coaching for emotion processing which yeah. anyone who's tuning into this right now i think I, i'm so terrible at remembering the numbers of our episodes but i think it's episode 63 where i I think that's the title of emotion coaching for emotion processing. I'm like, how do we emotion coach them in the moment? Uh, You can tune into episode 63 for more info on that, but uh, we're really going to start with that validation then, even though 
they got that smile on their face mm-hmm. so hard right oh gosh I think it, yeah and my husband's like so calm he's like much more calm than I am but like that like makes his blood because he does he thinks and then he thinks he's be then he worries to go to that worrying place of like oh god like is he going to be a sociopath or yes like, I hear this a lot <laughs> you know like no he's not a sociopath he's a four-year-old yeah he's just embarrassed yeah what else to do with it right absolutely so can pass that information along too um and then just thinking about kind of the little sister piece and I guess it goes along with like holding boundaries versus um like being flexible or that kind of thing of like sometimes of like okay you really want to do this thing you're going to scream your face off but your sister's sleeping and so do I just give you the ice cream because I need you to be quiet or like, but like, are you going to now scream every time you want an ice cream because you know your sister's sleeping and you're going to get it. Yeah. So I guess I think that's a big piece now with like a little one of, and like keeping those schedules and that kind of stuff of like, I feel like she's the one that gets dragged along more so for his schedule, but sometimes in those moments of, um, you know, just yeah the reality of two yeah yeah totally so actually like that family that I was just with this happened in the middle of nap time uh his younger sister was upstairs sleeping and he is now throwing a tantrum downstairs and you can hear all the things in this house city living and uh mom really wanted to like talk talk to him through this like I'll talk him out of throwing this tantrum yeah and I urged her not to. I was like, you said everything you need to say right now. And she's like, well, this is your sleeping. And I was like, I know. And she might wake up. And overall, what he will learn, like she might wake up this one time and it could, but your consistency in response here Mm -hmm. could avoid this tantrum for the future. Yeah. Does that make sense? So like, she didn't end up waking up he was mad and threw his body on the ground and ended up like taking a crayon and like scribbling um, out our schedule that I had written for him. Cause he didn't <laughs> like what was happening now. Right. Um, and uh, then realized the crayon he had wasn't dark enough to color it. So he got a black crayon and like really went to town um, and ended up processing this. He colored for a little while for it started as angry coloring and then just yeah. turned to coloring which is a great coping strategy and then he went off and the thing was independent play which he didn't want to do yeah. and then he went off and had independent play for a while and yeah. luckily this time she, the little one didn't wake up but she could have and right. we were essentially just going to roll those dice in an effort to be consistent with him knowing that if we weren't we might be in this battle every day at nap time yeah that's a good point yeah the sake of the risk for the reward in the end of like yeah having it happen every time cost benefit analysis right absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah and it, I get the same question a lot around like food stuff and dinner time and like yeah. what if they're not going to eat are they going to wake up in the middle of the night hungry like are they going to want food before bedtime like what do I do there I'm like what do you want to have happen every single night right because whatever you want to have happen every single night is what we've got to be consistent with. If you don't mind waking up in the middle of the night and giving them a snack, if they decide to skip their dinner now, whatever, cool. Or we can say, or that they're going to say like, no, I'm not hungry now, but I want food at bedtime, but I want it now. But, oh, I need another snack because I'm falling asleep. <laughs> like right. that is the like potential that we're going to walk down here. Or right. we can enforce 
we are having dinner now and we have it at the table. If that's your family rule, that was this mm -hmm. family I'm thinking of yeah. in particular. And uh, I was like, they might wake up in the middle of the night hungry tonight and they will survive till the morning. And they didn't end up waking up hungry that night, although they did ask for a snack three times before bed, um, three separate tantrums. Mind you, not like, oh, just casually asked three yeah. times, like three separate tantrums. They went to bed and they woke up and then this was not a reoccurring dinner theme, right? Then they learned like, okay, if I want to eat, it's sitting down at the table at dinner time. Yeah. It's not whatever. So yeah, it, I think in general, it's just figuring out like, what do we want the message to be here? Right. If it's that like when your sister's napping, you can have whatever you want as long as you don't scream. Right. Or if it's like, even when your sister's napping, I'm not afraid of your tantrum. I'm still going to hold the boundary. Right. Then what they're going to learn is like, okay, I don't even have to push it when she's napping because it's not going to move. Right. Right. So true. Kind of the sibling relationship too. And like how, you know, sometimes my husband will like use the sister mm -hmm. as like a playing card. And I like, I've always been really worried about that, um, especially before she was born of like, oh, don't climb on mommy because you're going to hurt. So like that kind of stuff. I'm like, no, we don't want to already like create this like weird, like, right. You can't do the things you want because of your sister um, thing. Um, but at the same time, now that he like loves and adores her and all that kind of thing, then I wonder like, can, you know, is it helpful to be like, okay, well, this is something wonderful you can do for your sister or when we're trying to like help him. Yeah, I think we can, instead of the, like, it, it's just reframing that. Instead of the don't yeah. climb on your mom because you're going to hurt your sister, you can say, oh, it'll help keep your sister safe if you're not climbing on your mom, right? Oh, like, yeah. reframing his role here, or it is so kind of you when you help your sister by bringing that toy to her. That's so yeah. sweet. We get to then build him up as, like, yeah. a kind, loving, helpful human. Yeah. Um, and his role as a big brother in a positive way by just reframing that of what he can do to be supportive or kind or helpful rather yeah. than like, don't do this. Yep. Oh, that makes so much sense. So much about these small tweaks. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> it really is little tweaks. Yeah. Yeah. And the, honestly, it also like, you're not going to do it a hundred percent of the time and that's okay. Like there are, you're always, we're always going to be working at this and I would, Actually, when I was just with this family, one of the things that I was saying was like, every night at the end of the night, I would sit down and be like, okay, what went well? Where did things break down? It's reflective practice. Like, mm -hmm. what could I tweak tomorrow? Or if this came up again, what would I tweak next time? Um, rather than like, oh man, I blew this interaction or I yeah. blew this, like, yeah, you're, we're all, we're all going to not respond perfectly sometimes. Right. And so what I want to do is say like, all right, what little tweak could I make next time? We usually don't have to overhaul a system. It's usually these little tweaks of like, we could reframe this language or I can try to remember this next time yeah. for myself. I like love post-its. They were all over my classroom, all over my car, all over anything if I was like working on something in particular mm -hmm. those reminders for me were huge I'm not someone who naturally is just like let me take a deep breath and respond yeah. uh, <laughs> I had to like I am a very reactive human and I think 
I was, I was raised very much in a village and my mom ran a home daycare and there were just always kids in my life. Mm-hmm. And so much of like being around kids is, is just very natural to me and interacting with kids, but not necessarily in the way that I do now. I, it just like, oh, I knew I could just like scoop this kid up and kind of prevent the thing from happening or prevent the tantrum or whatever that had just become so second nature. And, or the kid screaming for the cup, I can just, without even thinking about it, grab it and hand it to them. And I had to really work for myself on like pausing and taking a breath and saying, I can't understand that voice when you're yelling at me. Could you ask me in a kind voice, please? And then like building this for them that they would then say, like, can I please have water or whatever? I, but I had to really work on that on like myself pausing Mm -hmm. in order to respond. And so I just had like post-it notes of little reminders all over my space where I would be with kids that would just be like, breathe, don't talk to them yet. Like (laughs) slowing myself down rather than like me afterwards constantly being like, man, I wish I would have done this in the moment over and over and over and been like, oh, that's not changing. What can I do to implement this change? (laughs) Yeah. I know. I've been thinking about that as like going through this and thinking about it of like, what can I wear? Like trying to think of that, like reminders. I'm like, oh, maybe I could get like a bracelet that says like calm or like something that like is for me a reminder, even if it doesn't say it, like I know like this is why I got it. This was the intention around this and like have it in front of me. Totally. Um, To like do something like that of like, you know, if I can't have a post-it note or that kind of thing, something to remind me about, okay, like this is the intention, like let's get behind it. Totally. Visual reminders, man. They're huge. Yeah. It's awesome. Do you have any other questions before we wrap up? I don't think so. This was wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with me. (laughs) Thanks for being a part of our village. Yeah, it's been it's been incredibly um, helpful, I think, over the last, even just over the three months, over the summer, just taking in some of this and like really trying to be intentional about like how we like transition into our new routine as a family of four and I'm going back to work on Monday. And so there's a lot of um, a lot of that happening. And so I'm grateful for kind of the new village that I found. So thank you. Yeah, you're so welcome. How did you find us? Good question. Were you on, maybe you were on another podcast? First Latch. Yep. That yeah, that's how it. a lot of people came over. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. I think, yeah. So I think I was there through another friend and then, yeah. Because yeah. I was trying to figure that out the other day. I was like, how did I land here? Somebody the other day messaged me and we were chatting and I asked her, you know, where did you find, how did you find Seed? And she said First Latch podcast. Yeah. And she was like, honestly, I can't, because I was on First Latch about um, sleep. Yeah, and yeah. she was like, "I came for the sleep, but I stayed for the emotional development." And I was like, "Great, <laughs> absolutely, yeah." That's exactly, I think, what it was like in the spring or the fall. I was driving somewhere, and I had downloaded the podcast, and, and for this, yeah, the sleep. And I was like, "Oh God, things are a mess. We gotta like get this." Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, stayed on over." Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank yeah. you. Thanks for being a part of our village. I'm thank so you. glad to have you. Great, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Voices of Your Village. Check out the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at voicesofyourvillage.com. Did you know that we have a special community for all of you to be a part of so that we can all gather together to raise emotionally intelligent humans? Head on over to Facebook 
search Seed and Sow colon Voices of Your Village and dive into that Facebook group. We cannot wait to hang out with you and collaborate on raising these tiny humans. If you're digging this podcast, head on over to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, click those stars and leave a review. It really fills my heart to hear from all of you. Everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.